What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 199. I'm your host, Brett Bueller. Today, we are talking to Tom and Rob from the podcast 1001 Album Complaints, which is based off of the book, The Best 1001 Albums of All Time. Uh, the guys kind of got their idea from that, and uh, they've been slowly but surely making their way sort of randomly through that list. Um, they just dropped their 100th episode, which was on Led Zeppelin 2, and I just listened to that. It was pretty awesome. And uh, if you're a music nerd like myself, uh, you'll definitely appreciate what they do on their show. It's uh, highly entertaining. It's pretty funny and uh, well-produced. The guys definitely do their homework and get really in-depth into uh, some of the greatest albums of all time. Um, yeah, Rob and Tom also play in bands, uh, respectively. One is the Beverly Crushers, and the other is Ghost Beef. So I featured a couple songs on this episode. Uh, the Beverly Crushers song is called The Away Team. You'll hear that momentarily. And then the other is called Lord of the Beef Lands, which uh, apparently is all about Arby's, which is the official fast food chain of their bands, I suppose. Uh, so we definitely talked about that in the podcast, and uh, we also talked about uh, some other mutual interests, I guess we have, uh, songwriting, some of our favorite bands, um, we talked about TV shows till the Con Valley, and a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, if you haven't heard that show before, definitely check it out. It's on all the normal streaming places, and shouldn't be too hard to find. But uh, regardless, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting local music, wherever you may be listening in from. We all... All definitely appreciate it. Um, usually, the things that I mention uh, on my show here is, uh, of course, you can um, subscribe or rate the show. That uh, always helps the reach of this thing. But uh, we're also getting close to the second annual Part-Time Rockstar Fest, June 3rd, Fishhead Cantina in Baltimore, Maryland. We've got like 16 bands, all from the podcast. We'll be going all day. Should be a good time. Tickets are 10 bucks. Uh, there's a merch store for this show. Uh, there's a Shopify link in the episode notes if you're looking for anything. Uh, and then also we are doing video production uh, in and around the DMV for bands. Uh, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is the company that we are doing. And then last but not least, the sponsor of the show is Truly Strange Guitar Shop out of Laurel, Maryland. Steven's the best luthier in town. You can take your guitars there to get them tweaked. But, uh, yeah, without any further ado, we'll get to the conversation with Tom and Rob. We're on a motherfucking track, yo. We're on a motherfucking track, yo. We're on a motherfucking track, yo. So let's start at number one. Two, three, four. Well, it's Lieutenant Commander. No, not the android. Homie with the fucked up eyes. Steady hand on the warp drive. Keeping us alive on this enterprise. the enterprise. Y'all should run and hide. Because it, it comes old yellow eyes. Robot in disguise. Ripping stars. Alright, sick. Well, um, yeah, man. Uh, my name's Brett. Uh, welcome on what I call the uh, the part-time Rockstar podcast. Here on the, uh, the East Coast, or the Beast Coast, as we call it. Where are you located? Uh, kind of in between Baltimore and D.C. Okay, nice. And you guys are in the Bay Area? Yeah, we grew up in Delaware, though. Okay, cool. I was yeah. just there yesterday. No shit. Doing what? May we ask? <laughs> Driving back from a show. We were <laughs> no, okay. we were playing Philly, so obviously you got to go through like Wilmington. 
uh, going uh, through Wilmington. Yeah, the story yeah. checks out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, I think I got to play Delaware itself uh, Friday. So whatever. Oh, okay. I'm nice. up there. Fair enough. So. Cool, man. Anyway, nice to meet you guys. Um, you are Rob and Christian. Is that correct? Uh, no, Tom. That's my wife's name. It's Christina. I'm Tom. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. The old Zoom. Yeah, it's definitely better you hit me on your Zoom than, than mine. That's uh, I have the poor man's Zoom, so it kicks me yeah. off. All righty. So. We're on this all day for our day jobs, so that's just okay. made sense to us, yeah. Right on. Well, yeah, I mean, that's normally uh, sometimes not necessarily where I start with, but normally a question, obviously, is you know the occupational thing that um, everyone does. Usually I bring that up at some point during the, the conversation, just being the uh, – the part-time thing. So if you want to knock that out real quick, we could certainly do that. Yeah, sure. So Tom and I actually worked together for a small tech company out here in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And that is a bit of an anomaly because we've also been friends since high school from the other side of the country. So we've been hanging out for 25 years together, playing music together across all those locations. And we also work together currently. Yeah. For like awesome. what the last like eight years or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's uh it's been great, but yeah, we work for a small real estate tech firm doing software stuff and gives us a lot of flexibility, and um you know and we play music in our spare time basically. Yeah, man, Silicon Valley. Uh, someone I know works for TikTok, so it's just out there at the old uh, San Jose office. Our, our company is way less sexy than TikTok. We, we provide like <laughs> platforms for real estate agents. Nobody's like, oh, tell me more about that. It's pretty fucking boring. I was going to say, I hope, you know, I assume your friend is a spy and is being paid accordingly. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's why he uh, shall rem uh, remain nameless, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, have you at least seen the, the TV show Silicon Valley? Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. All right. They get it so correct that it almost doesn't <laughs> seem like a parody. And yet, yeah. do you know, like that, when that show came out, it resonated so true to everybody that has been in the startup world. Because Tom and I started this company when it was a, even a much smaller startup kind of environment. Yeah. And man, they just, they hit it on the nose. It's it's almost too real. And then you would just have these experiences in real life. And you'd be like, this must be a TV yeah. show. Like, yeah. What is going on? I, was awesome. in the first episode where the guys are like, we are saving the world through faster data compression. And you're like, you get a whole lot of that shit where you're like, we're middling real estate transactions. Let's not get too um, grandiose about what we're doing here. Saving the world one one uh, way or another, because uh, obviously you got a couple different mediums here. Um, sure. Don't even really know where to start. Obviously, we can go music or we can go podcast. But I'm thinking uh, we'll start with the podcast because, uh, sure. you know. I was yeah, yeah. Who's, whose brainchild that was off the get go and how long you've been doing it and that whole thing. So, so Tom came up with the idea for the podcast. The podcast is called 1001 album complaints and it's old friends who are all musicians, all part-time rock stars getting together to just nitpick and talk through classic albums based off of the 1001 albums you must hear before you die list. Yeah. And so it's, we've been going for about, Two years now, we're we're about to publish our hundredth episode. It's a weekly podcast. Congrats. We've been having a nice. thank you, ton of fun with it. 
And um, I'll let Tom talk in a second, but I just want to mention, yeah, we're, we're a little bit of a strange bird in that because we have been collaborating so long, we do a lot of different kinds of, of projects. So this idea of the Chop Unlimited, which is our handle on Instagram, where you can find the links to all this stuff, it's at the Chop Unlimited, is a musical collective or a creative collective of sorts where Tom and I, it's a record label where we produce our own records where we uh, publish, make vinyl records of our friends' albums sometimes and help produce and write and arrange those. And it's also become this podcast production company. So it's kind of an outlet for like a lot of our creative impulses and we don't really want to be tied down to any one band or one genre kind of thing. I feel that completely, but I feel like Tom's got something to say. Go ahead. Well, yeah, you know, we, um, I, I was related to like learning how to ski like, if you learn how to ski at some point in your life, you're just going to find excuses to go skiing. Because you're like, I put all this work and effort into knowing how to ski. I'm going to find excuses to go skiing. And so, you know, we learned how to play music relatively young and uh, talk about music all the time. It's like all that we do. And actually, the inspiration for the podcast came because it was kind of beginning of the pandemic era. And we were on a text thread back and forth with each other, just like picking apart that Doobie Brothers song, What a Fool Believes, and like getting really in-depth yeah. and specific about what do we like and what we didn't like about it. And I was like, there's got to be some something we can do here besides just text each other about this. And it kind of developed in this idea of like, well, we need a hook. We need a, a, a reason to be talking about these albums. So there's that Robert Dimery book, you know, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. And we already had some very hard opinions as to whether or not albums belong <laughs> on that list or not. And so we decided, yeah. you know, what what better way to do it than just get together and talk for an hour and a half over a couple of beers and pick it apart? And and I would just add too that what it's what it quickly became, yeah, it is like the bar conversations that we would be having anyway, and we still have, frankly, with each other and have had over the years. But it's also this great opportunity to do the do research, like dive into the backgrounds of these artists, like actually learn more yeah. about either the music we already kind of know and love, the super classics but also get introduced to new music because we take sort of a random each week approach. And so, you know, I've, I've learned about a lot of new music or I've gone more in depth on stuff I already kind of knew about and listened to it more closely, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's nothing like a good hate listen to. So we get to do a lot of good oh, yeah. listening and oh, yeah. really tearing those apart. Right. Some classics. See, see, Brett, I don't know if you're like us in this regard because we love hate listening. Tom and I will be on road trips oftentimes and we will put together playlists just to piss the other person off but we'll really revel in it you know like i hate yeah. the, i hate this song so much i cannot turn it off well as a as a relative public servant of the uh, local music scenes around the country now i uh generally don't uh publicly <laughs> despise or disparage <laughs> bands it's not really my uh, cup of tea anymore but you know there's still shitty well, bands out there we just don't have to no no we should <laughs> I, I should i should clarify i should clarify that at its core we're musicians. We know how yeah. hard it is to write songs, to perform music, to learn an instrument, to produce records, et cetera. You know, the whole thing. And I have the utmost respect, I'm sure Tom would agree, in anyone who is putting themselves out there in that way. It's freaking hard on so many levels. I think we know that, right? Yeah. But at the same time, when Steven Seagal makes the record, <laughs> you, you need yeah. to take him down. Peck. Yeah, I think also, I think we were just talking, I was talking to somebody in Chicago about this too. It's like, yeah, you don't really need to go nitpick shitty bands. Like they probably are just, uh, that's fine. But oh, yeah. when you bring up like big bands to nitpick, yeah, 
and criticize. Yeah. That's actually a big difference, I think, because they're already it's, big. It's, you know, it's a service already, to humanity. Yeah, they're already good. <laughs> so, like, well, I'm serious. There's so many people. The only thing that they listen to is just what is presented to them. There's not a lot of musical seekers out there that are actively trying to find new stuff. And I know, if all I you got it, is the stuff that's getting presented. We well, give you reasons to despise that. Don't people stop uh, searching for new music and new books and new art at 25? Because that's when the brain matures. That's what I've always heard. Yeah, that's common. That, well, yeah, that's common, but that wasn't the case for us, right? And we, yeah. But this has also been a nice excuse to continue that search. You know, it, it's kind of fueled yeah. it also. And we joke, we like to complain, because that is the kind of conversations musicians have, whether you like it or not, in confidence. Yeah. And taking big artists down a peg occasionally, or praising them, I, I think are both in the spirit of good fun, because ultimately we respect you know, our first episode was tearing a bit of tearing down Led Zeppelin one, which is obviously yeah. a great album. They're a great yeah. band, obviously, but nitpicking it right where Jimmy Page is off in his timing or whatever other weird lyrical choices that Robert Plant might might make. Of course, it's a great album at its core, yeah. but also you know. it'd be it'd be boring to just blow sunshine up their ass all day long anyway. Because sure, of people already done that anyway. I always exactly. specifically on Zeppelin. I always like Jimmy or was it? Eddie Van Halen's quote, he was like, yeah, Jimmy Page is just like a great composer and great in the studio, but he plays like a five-year-old with a broken hand when he plays live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, so. it is funny how through your life you gain different respects. I don't know, Brett, what, what instrument do you play? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Uh, guitar. Nice. Yeah, I play guitar as well, and Tom plays bass, but the progression of which guitar players you really idolize throughout your musical yeah. lifespan is so interesting because now listening back to the solo section of heartbreaker say yeah i mean listen it's still cool but it's not you're right technique wise eddie van halen just blew up the world yeah. yeah yeah especially at a time where like jeff beck was also out there doing stuff like let's yeah. happen blows up and jimmy page is the guitar god and you're like jeff beck is shredding him left and right doing stuff on a guitar that you know is still like unparalleled to this day right. But he didn't have a Robert Plant standing next to him, so yeah, I, the that's, band that's was the difference. <laughs> that that band was about raw energy, and yeah. I, I get it. But yes, it's it's worth mentioning that his technique is not what you call amazing in the modern context. Sure. But yeah, it's funny how your technique doesn't seem to matter so much when you got uh, Mr. Plant up there shaking it in those yeah. little t tight pants and a little shirt, and uh, you know, riling up, not riling up the kids. Yeah, Pringles can <laughs> stuff down the, the front of his uh, oh, yeah. there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't a Pringles can. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have we have a lot of fun do, doing that, and it's an excuse to keep listening, keep listening closely, to share, you know, laugh with your friends, obviously make jokes, make pithy yeah. commentary. And, uh, it's yeah, it's been a great run, and we're excited at, at what's to come with a thousand one album complaints for sure. Yeah, I so would. I, was, I would also add there oh, that, um, you know, I think that I've always been relatively insecure about my musical tastes, or maybe just aware that there's like so many more people that have more refined tastes, and it, it across very specific genres. You know, like I know a bit about jazz, but there's jazz heads that know so much more than me, and know you know can spout off all these albums that I've never heard of, and all these incarnations I've never heard of. Same thing with like metal or hip hop or anything like that. And so I've always tried to 
educate myself a little further so that I don't sound like an idiot when I'm talking to somebody like that. And this is a great avenue to, you know, get myself out of my um, my pre-worn ruts of like, well, I'm just going to listen to Talking Heads and then I'm going to listen to Mariah Carey and then I'm going to listen to, you know. Uh, those are the two. You can stop there. Yeah, That's it. That's all you Heads need. And Mariah Carey. That's all you need to know about me. I love both of those artists. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having a, uh, you know, a what you call guilty pleasure or whatever it is. Oh, I'm I actually not guilty don't, about it at all. Exactly. Why? Well, I, I don't even like that word. Doesn't even make sense. You either like it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a cool concept. I I was listening to a few episodes, and uh, the Jeff Beck one was cool. Uh, didn't know that much about Jeff Beck before, so I'm already a fan. I'll already be subscribing and tuning in. Um, awesome. I was also in a Guns N' Roses tribute once upon a time, so I had to fire that one up. Um, nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, they really do rock. It's that stuff still holds up pretty well. I mean, it, it does. It fires people up, man. It's just they see that on the bill on the marquee, and they just come out and they're ready to rip. And as yeah. long as you're ready to like bring the energy with them, like it's. I think I eventually, I guess I technically got kicked out. Although I was sort <laughs> of a mutual parting because I got a little tired of the slash wig. And then also, like, the, the power and mystique that that wig, like, holds over you when you wear it enough. Like, you really, it's like method acting. I really started to, like, yeah. feel the slash energy, like the yeah. slithering, like the snake energy. And, like, man, I, I, ugh, I couldn't do it. It was too much. You found yourself <laughs> developing a real serious hard drug problem out of nowhere. Exactly. Like, God damn it, I have to. Yeah, I think that's what I said on that episode. He's kind of a low-key dirtbag in a way. I mean, he's a great player, of course, but he, he's got this teddy bear image now, but he was a hardcore heroin addict throughout their yeah. tenure, right? Yeah, his book is one of the funniest rock star books I've ever read. Ozzy's being by far the funniest. No one, I don't think, will ever write a funnier book. Actually, just funniest book ever. Not even rock star book. But Slashes nice. is up there. Like just him telling stories because he was also addicted to crack heavily too. And him and David Mustaine would just smoke crack and write like monster riffs together. But anyway, like one time he snuck out of rehab and immediately went to go buy a bottle of vodka and some crack. And I guess he was naked eventually during this. And I guess (laughs) the rehab facility was of course in some rich area, you know, where they tuck away rock stars. So he's next thing you know, it's next to like a country club where people are golfing at six in the morning and his ass is running across the course naked, hallucinating like fairies, chugging vodka. <laughs> like, just I assume little... somehow the, the top hat was still on, though. I yeah, assume. probably. Yes, of course. That or it was in the crotchal region. You know? Yeah. He's running across there like, I still have more money than all of you guys, by the way. Yeah. Back's kind of cheap. I've been pissing all the way on it yet. Yeah. So if you ever want to laugh, I recommend that book. I mean, it sounded like you guys did some serious homework, though, and do serious homework on really all the episodes. Yeah, we Rob try goes to. a little nuts. Rob goes crazy. Rob mm-hmm. will be the guy who's like, yeah, I read the biography of this artist last week. I'm like, what? how do you have time to do all this shit? <laughs> well, I, Tom knows the answer to that question. I don't have children. And, and I'm a voracious reader. And I'm, you know, I always like music memoirs anyway. So, again, great excuse just to like dive in there. Who's your favorite book, then, you think you've read? Or even just like a top five? One that comes to mind. One that comes to mind for me actually is Bruce Springsteen's autobiography. I have not read that uh, one. Yeah, I like. It's not so much the other side of it. You know, it's not, it's not the rock star stories. He actually is a pretty 
straight ahead, yeah. dude. But it's really well written. It's very readable. It's very relatable. It kind of, I like, I'm a fan of his already, of him as yeah. a songwriter and a performer. But the fact sometimes those, you know, it's nice when those songwriting skills transfer into the ability to like craft a story and talk about the creative process. To me, that's exciting because it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, agreed. Were you a fan of his because of like playing shows as a kid in Jersey, you know, being near there? Yeah, and all that? it's, yeah, it's definitely in the air there in Delaware, right across the water from New Jersey. Yeah. He's, Tom and I went to see him in the late 90s in Philly. I think the first time he got the E Street Band back together and it made a big impression because we always said it was like he commanded this stadium where the people like he was at some kind of Southern revival religious meeting. Like they were so devoted and we were 17 or something at the time. But I just, I did, it did really imprint. I was already a fan, but it did really imprint on me. Oh, if he had told that crowd to like go outside and start burning the city down, they would have done it fucking immediately. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, a band is just, uh, just another form of a cult, right? So Hell yeah. Like there's yeah, there's kind of two things you can be up there. You can be a religious leader, a preacher, or you can be a, a sex monster, basically. Yeah, <laughs> the two I, good, good approaches. I always call it an elaborate mating ritual. That's what I tell my mm. band. <laughs> I don't think we've ever nailed either cult leader or sex monster on stage, Rob. It's got to be an honest critique yeah. of our performances. I don't think we've ever gotten either one of those. No. You got flashed a couple of times, but you know. No, I agree. I think we would. I was probably aiming more for cult leader, which is a little more the well, what Springsteen or David Byrne would be in that category because I just don't have the Robert Plant yeah. intense sexual intensity, frankly. But <laughs> but yeah, maybe that's why we're only part time musicians, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to embrace your inner cult leader, you know, like Waco style. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> trust. I don't trust my own decisions. Why would I think anybody else should trust my decisions? Come on. <laughs> You just got to be delusional enough. Use your delusion or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what was uh, uh, on when we saw Guar? It was on the Use Your Collusion Tour. I always thought that was a great name for a tour. Nice. And the whole good. like uh, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump fight on stage. It was really great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Great band. Highly recommend seeing them anytime <laughs> they come around. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine you probably can't or don't feel like mentioning it yet, but the 100th episode uh, is there. Is that announced yet, or is that a surprise? It well, when, I don't know when this is going to come out, but so I this think will likely be... come out after, and I can make it for sure. It will come after if that's what ultimately you want. I think uh, we're safe. But... I think in the in the schedule we're going to announce it pretty soon anyway. So actually, we've decided to go back to the well and talk about Led Zeppelin two for the hundredth oh, episode. Awesome. Little little inside joke since we started with Led Zeppelin one. And Tom's right. I am currently reading a Led Zeppelin biography since we haven't taped the show yet. As am I, actually. I'm I'm doing an audio book, but yeah. Led Zeppelin 2 seemed like, uh, you know, we're we're crawling through the list. It's a nice marker. I figure by the end of it, we'll get to Coda. By the, you know, by the time we get to (laughs) album 1001, probably have to make it 1002 if we're going to include Coda, because that certainly is not on the list. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But but we got a few we got a couple of good ones in the hopper. I think next week, maybe it'll already be out by the time this comes out, probably will, is Black Crow's Shake Your Money Maker. Oh, cool. That's a fun one. You know, we try to take a pretty random approach to doing them every week, but for the hundredth we 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 chose actively just for fun. Yeah. What are you gonna do when the thousand 
the artist run out. Is there another book like the the best oh, two thousand albums? <laughs> I think we'll be fucking retired by that point. Yeah, like, I was gonna say I don't know. If, I'm not guaranteeing I'm gonna be alive at that moment, but uh, right. we'll we'll see what happens. You know, we haven't we've been pretty good about sticking to the thousand and one from the book, but also keep in mind that yeah. the book itself has been updated numerous times. Oh. where stuff falls out, you know, so which version yeah. and like, it's, it's more of just a framework for us to get into records. We also, when the Beatles documentary get back came out, we dove into that, even though let it be the album they were making in that documentary is not on the list. And, you know, so we've taken a, a couple left turns off of that, not, not changing yeah. the format, but not always uh, slavishly devoted to the list itself. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I guess you're, probably not going to review obviously like local people's albums but um i don't know maybe that's a side project for us exactly yeah we don't have we don't have have enough projects going on right now we need we need more stuff to work on (laughs) okay rob is rob is an absolute workhorse and he's got me working on like six things right now and he still keeps trying to add stuff on top of it i'm like I don't have enough time in the day to devote my attention to it, but it, it builds momentum, you know, like once you, sure. I, I get out of the songwriting uh, modality for a bit and then just sort of through the pressure of some recording dates being booked, had to get back into it. And then we booked like two or three more recording dates after that. And once you're in the rhythm, it gets so much easier to snowball down the hill yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good segue to maybe talk yeah, so, about the music. A little bit about the music yeah well so covid kind of slowed us down for understandable reasons in terms of playing shows slowed everyone down right and we kind of little got out of the habit we did actually end up practicing a lot through the pandemic times and ended up making a record out of it that came out in october called ghost beef which i'd love to talk to you about it's a yeah. heavy metal concept album about arby's huh. and uh, tom, tom tom can expound upon that but it, it comes from uh obviously a weird place, but it's a sort of a long running inside joke. When we used to tour in a 16 passenger van, we'd always go to Arby's. Tom in particular was obsessed with Arby's since as long as I can remember knowing him. So uh, we're excited. We're excited. This is out in the world and you can go hear it at, well, it's uh, the band on Spotify is called the chop. And like I said, on Instagram, the handle is the chop unlimited. All the links are there for ghost beef. Check it out. Yeah. It was, um, I, don't, I honestly don't remember what sort of weird fever dream or intoxicated state I was in when I decided that, you know, the concept should be a bunch of metal songs about a dystopian future where Arby's has taken over and has enslaved all the animals and enslaved all the people. And there's yeah. this evil figure of John Arby that is like the the witch king of this universe. And uh, at some point, there's going to be a savior figure that is going to come and defeat him and free all the people. It's an orphan, of course. You know, we try to get really deep on the fast food sure. references oh, yeah. there. But uh, yeah, we, we were trying to like throw around some concepts. And at one point, it just occurred to me that like Arby's has no children's menu to speak of and they're so mm-hmm. not kid friendly i was like okay well they must like yeah. arby's hates children okay so that I, you could write a song about arby's hating children that's an easy one <laughs> he came to me that was what it crystallized tom comes to me and goes rob rob arby's hates children there's no playground there's no happy meal there's no kids menu there's no toys there's no they serve horseradish and roast beef. This is anti-kid yeah. food. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. But but let, let me assure you, listeners, if you haven't, if you think we're just joking around, I mean, we are, but we took this project dead seriously. We dove into 
the genre. It's kind of 70s metal, if you will. It, it spans a couple genres of metal, I, I think, but it's kind of grounded in the 70s or the sword style metal. And we took it dead serious, though. I, I assure you, you will appreciate the music itself. Oh, yeah. We worked really hard. We practiced for a long time writing these songs and, uh, you know, getting into a musical style that we hadn't ever really. I'd never been in a metal specific band before. I'd been in a lot of the jazz bands and like you know more kind of just like straight ahead rock bands and 70s rock style but this was more like trying to get riffy and just like really heavy music and it fit because well, you know I, like i said fast food is terrible for everything i can't help but bring up uh metalocalypse the uh oh, cartoon yeah. network oh, yeah. show yeah when oh, hearing yeah. this you know story totally definitely yeah, took metal- inspiration from them yeah metal's funny like i think that's what so many people don't get is metal is actually really funny and everyone's like oh my god they're satanists you're like no they're just having a good time there's there's nerds man like similar to computer programmers it's like exactly because to play it you need a lot of technique yeah and it is and it's just inherently i think yeah it is inherently silly when someone's rocking you that hard to me it just makes me giggle yeah and also the yeah. nicest crowd of any genre of music I've ever been to. A I show can of. back Metal that up. The nicest, yeah. I can back Everybody's that up. Everybody's just like, you like this too? Oh, awesome! <laughs> you want to know what the worst and crowd is in all of music in all of genres from being a a, a paramedic at a concert venue? Oh, uh, I would love to hear it. I have a guess, but I'd love to hear it. <laughs> What's your guess? Um. Well, I went to go see that guy Girl Talk one time. Ooh, yeah, sort of you're, does, like, you're on the right. Yeah. You're on yeah. the right path. By far the shittiest crowd I've ever interacted with. Just like I remember I went to go get beers and I was trying to come back to my group of friends and people like pushing me as I'm trying to get through the crowd. Yeah. Like, oh, what do you want to get to the front? I'm like, it's a dude with a fucking laptop. I don't care about getting to the front. <laughs> but my eight friends are right there. That's where I'm trying to get. <laughs> yeah, I I say this all the time, my ranking system on, on the podcast, but by far number one. EDM, not even close. After that, it's a uh, country, but okay. country can go either way. But unlike EDM, where there's all the drugs and all the alcohol, country is more about just you know being aggro and being real drunk. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. mostly just alcohol and alpha males fighting. Um, I imagine you're not talking about like outlaw country style, like uh, you know. Not usually. Like, it's usually like yeah. you know the big names so sure. it's probably edm and country metal is everyone's pretty nice it's actually very similar to reggae except it's like a reggae with a mosh pit so you will get yeah. like the occasional injuries from that but they're not usually like a fight injury the same way like country is like straight up somebody's like trying to pound somebody into the earth oh yeah you get you get injured in like, a mosh pit and everybody like yeah. is like oh hold on hold on pick this guy up get him out of here like they're not trying yeah. to step on the downed body and like hip-hop similar to reggae everyone's just kind of smoking weed like usually pretty chill occasionally a fight i mean you put enough people in a room there's occasionally a fight but yeah um but yeah i can definitely back up metalheads are honestly like scared half the time they're like antisocial a lot of them so they're like yeah i don't, I don't want to like mess with anybody <laughs> you know like yeah. i just want to be polite and, and hear hear some guy yeah. scream i'm just trying riffs. to worship satan here come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> One time, I uh, to kind of build on your your uh, concept album here. I um, I saw Metalocalypse, and then I saw the Slayer episode of South Park. Okay. And I had never written a song before, but I immediately went to like the digital eight track I had at the time, 
and was just like, I'm writing a death metal song about this episode. Nice. <laughs> and yeah. it's just about awesome. killing killing hippies. It takes, honestly, it takes so much skill, though, when you really start getting into it, and you're like, how fast am I supposed to be playing here? Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Calm down, guys. <laughs> but yeah, to bring it back to your guys' music, like, obviously, we kind of want to get a little bit of the origin story of, like, um, your genres that you came from. We touched on Springsteen. But I don't know if you ever went out there and full, did a full-blown Springsteen, you know, tribute show or anything crazy like that. So I'm just curious what you guys were into. Was it metal or were you, was it everything? Was uh, it? I was, I was raised on, I started when I was like 15 years old in this one band. And we went, we played for about seven years together. And we played all the time. It's like all that we did. We had no social life. So we were practicing four or five days a week for, you know, four or five hours of practice and stuff like that from 15 until about like 22. Um, and we started as sort of like a seventies rock band, kind of like, you know, dad rock from the nineties band. And then we kind of morphed into more kind of like a, uh, like a jazz kind of progressive rock, uh, like jam band type of music. And we did that for a long yeah. time. We got, I, you know, got pretty into weed in, in high school and college. So it's like, Hey, you know, let's try to emulate fish and do that and did that for a long time. Um, and then Rob had moved out to California a couple of years before me and I ended up moving out there and there were a bunch of other guys that we all knew back from back East that all moved out around the same time. And then we started like, I don't know. How would you describe the original incarnation of the chop Rob? It was like poppy, a lot of harmony type of straight ahead rock and roll. Yeah, it was indie rock, but it had a, in my mind anyway, it had kind of a Bruce Springsteen element of earnestness and but i'd say classic rock is the thing that kind of united us all that kind of 70s era or the beatles as well but mostly 70s pink floyd and led zeppelin is the kind of stuff we were talking about back in high school 20 years ago that we that we connected on but we're and then the 90s which was the music that was on the radio when we were in high school smashing pumpkins pearl jam and that kind of stuff weezer in my mind is a throwback to the 70s so we like all that stuff too so, but, but that said, we've always just tried to listen to as much as we can and get as many different ideas as we can. But yeah, the, the first band we were in, which was the chop, actually, that was kind of our, our original band in our twenties together in California, played a whole bunch. Tom was playing drums at that point. It was kind of a band experiment of trying yeah. to just throw a great party for your friends. I mean, we wrote songs and we had costumes and we just we did a lot of visual stuff with the band which was a lot of fun and you know probably took some cues from bands like devo for instance even though we didn't really sound that much like devo so it's always been a gamut but i would say classic rock is kind of the base the 70s era yeah. of classic rock is the base it's since you mentioned the tribute band thing i actually did recently play a black sabbath tribute set a couple times Nice. where I was both Ozzy and Tony Iommi. And it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, but I hadn't really dabbled too much in that music. before. I had listened to that music before, but I had never really yeah. learned those tunes necessarily. That's cool. Yeah. Are, are there any bands that inspire you now that like you feel like... Well, I also should ask or mention, you know, obviously you sent me two bands and um, they are a little different, obviously. I mean, Chop's yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> more so on the on the metal thing and then the Beverly uh, crushers. Um, yeah. They're so, both your band or how are they associated yeah. and all that? Yeah. 
Yeah, Tom and I are the engine behind both bands. We're the songwriters and singers and guitar and bass, respectively, for both groups. And Beverly Crushers, we released a record back in 2020, and we're actually currently working on a follow-up to that now. The studio at the time that Tom just mentioned and some of the songs we're working on now are, are for that band. But the idea there is that is a Star Trek The Next Generation tribute band where yeah. we write original songs from the perspective of characters from Star Trek. And I'm sure it's going to sound to you like we're huge Star Trek fans, which The Next Generation is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I know nothing I'll, about Star Trek, so this is all going to okay. go in my head. It's fine, but I just want to point out that, um, no, I, I love The Next Generation. That's why we did it. It's funny. Yeah. It's a very thoughtful, kind of philosophical show. And it, But it started really as a writing prompt of a way to bound ourselves. And that, that band is less genre-specific. So we do some Thin Lizzy yeah. 70s rock in that. We do some Pink Floyd kind of stuff in that. We do some jazzier stuff in that. It's a uh, hip-hop songs too. We get to rap did, in it, too. Yes, we did a Trek rock, a Trek pop song. Yeah. Um I honestly, for me, the uh, Beverly Crushers stuff started as a way for me to avoid actual sincerity in lyric writing. I've never been able to write sincere lyrics that I read later and don't absolutely hate um, and think they sound ridiculously trite and stupid. So I was like, oh, this is a way that it's it's a bit of a cop out, certainly, because it's kind of like yeah. a low um, exposure way to write lyrics and not have to worry about burying your soul when you're talking about a fucking android in space. But, um, well, you know, I, fair, I feel I, like I was going to point that out at some point. I was going to ask if you were like kind of scared of being vulnerable or. If um, yeah, truly... Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. It's, you feel it's like funny. Just, just scared of it in art or in, in life, too. Uh, oh, actually, in life, I'm I'm kind of not scared about it at all. Um, right. I think it's more that when I like, I'll have a conversation where I'll totally spill my guts. I'll tell you anything. I'll I'll answer mm -hmm. any question you ask me with like openness and sincerity. But, but you that feel like is it's a, that's a, art. I art is such a lasting thing. Like I'll have a one-on-one -on -one yeah. conversation with a person, and I can provide context, and I get to ascribe a lot of the context to those feelings uh, through that interaction. Whereas art, sense. you put it out yeah. there, everybody else gets to ascribe their own context to it, and you lose ownership of it in a way. That's that's good. It's deep. It's real. It's interesting to hear you say that, Tom. I sort of intuited that, of course, but we've never talked about it directly, maybe. But I feel like I'm almost on the opposite journey. Because in those in my twenties, when we were writing songs for the original incarnation of the chop, it was all about earnestness and sincerity. And then when we got to something like I do like the idea of creative constraints of a writing prompt of saying you have to write about this topic or you have to do it within this amount of time, I think that helps creativity in a lot of ways. So that concept is interesting to me. But I've noticed that I feel like I have to relate to it, even though, even though it can be a little goofy, certainly. I have to like find an angle of emotion within even those songs. So to me, this my, the songs that I wrote, and frankly, even the songs that you wrote, I interpret less as jokey and more as sincere expressions. So it's just interesting, like different angles on the topic. Well, I, yeah, I, I think it's a sincere expression of what I think a character would, would sincerely express and not necessarily myself, but... You know, it goes back to one of my favorite songs of all time, the Talking Heads song, This Must Be the Place, Naive Melody, song that has moved me to tears at many points in my life. And David yeah. Burns, like, I wrote, I wrote about a lamp. There was no deeper meaning there. Every deeper meaning that you have, you're you're freighting it with your own baggage. I didn't put any of that on there. Or at and least so, that's what he says. That's what he says. 
Uh, you know, know, I'll take these, him at his with word. These guys, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, these crafty art school kids, bunch of mm. damn liars. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I do think that that I think that's a truism, though, that you yeah. you bring so much baggage to the, the lyrics that you you, know, you you interpret them in a way that's very true to yourself and not necessarily true what the original sure. intent was. Yeah. For sure, yeah, and that's that's what's great about it, and that's I've always been very moved by lyrics. Generally, some of my earliest influences were like Bob Dylan when I was really young, and to me, I've, I've always wanted to be that so a songwriter more even than a musician, in a sense. Yeah, I kind of came from the opposite school where I wanted to just be Dimebag Daryl or somebody, and just learned until I couldn't learn no more, and then I quit. And then I guess I had enough life experience eventually that I was like, you know, I feel like I could write some halfway decent songs now. So I started to explore that more. But on like the personal level versus like writing prompt level, I like both. You know, and that's why I like asking people what they like and why. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I guess I'm just a coward. I'm just a coward overall. <laughs> no, I think you said it. Scary. I think you said it correctly, Tom. That it's about you putting yourself in the place of a character, which is kind of been what the exercise has been about for me as well. And I've always admired that in other songwriters, versus being purely autobiographical. Oh, this has to relate yeah. directly to me. But being able to, you know, having that empathy mindset of oh, I can put myself in this other person's shoes and then write from that perspective is cool. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it's fun. And like you said, being a, a big reader, like you said, you were, um, I, you know, I'll draw a ton of inspiration from like books, personally. Definitely. One time yeah. my soul got crushed because I thought I did a good job writing a song about a book that I loved. And so I was like, ah, maybe someone else has done this. Probably is a great book. So I'm probably not the first one, but I figured, ah, fuck it. I'll send it over to the author. Before I did that, though, I'd checked the wikipedia and then i was like oh pearl jam wrote an entire album about this book <laughs> all right i'm guessing he's not gonna answer my email i'm gonna <laughs> which, which book was this. it uh it was called ishmael by daniel quinn okay oh yeah i read that it's yeah problem. hell yeah reading everything i read a lot you tom yeah. reads a lot too i he's, do he's, read a lot i yeah. read a lot yeah I read like weird nonfiction and then fantasy, like high fantasy. I have no in between. It it has to either be like absolutely true and real or completely fake. Uh, I got no in between. Hmm. Nice. Are you reading anything particular now? Um, right now I just got um uh that author Brandon Sanderson had done a Kickstarter where he wrote like five books in secret over the course of the pandemic. Cause he's just a fucking workhorse. Yeah. And he said, Hey, you know, if you want to do my Kickstarter, I'm going to publish four of these as novels. And the fifth one, I'm going to make like a graphic novel. And so I just got the first book from that project uh, a couple of days ago. And it's pretty good. It's one of those where I like world building and I like, I would like a big, like Neil Stevenson fan because I like the way that he just creates these internally consistent worlds. And yeah. Brandon Sanderson is good at that. He's not that great at dialogue, but his, uh, his world building is, is pretty awesome. And so this one is, you know, a completely foreign and strange world that is somehow internally consistent. And I find that to be fascinating. I imagine you might also be into like the video game world where you can, no, win. no, you're not never got into okay. video games. I, when I was, uh, like 10 years old 
I had my first Holy Communion because I was a little, little Catholic boy. And uh, I got some money from that. And I wanted to buy a Nintendo with it, like the original NES system. And I bought it. Yeah. And I had one game. And I used all the money I had in the world that I got from my first communion to buy the Nintendo. And then I got bored of that game. And I was like, I want another game. And my parents were like, that costs more money. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be on that hamster wheel for the rest of my life. And then you buy yeah. an instrument. And like, well, I'll buy one instrument. And then I'll ne- never need to buy another one. <laughs> well, hold on a second. That's, that's funny to me for a couple of reasons. But one is I've played so many video games with Tom over the years. And I've, been, I've never owned a video game system. <laughs> okay. That's like that's like bumming cigarettes every time instead of ever buying a pack, though. <laughs> But okay, we've played, and, and speaking of having one video game that lasts for decades, we've been playing NFL Blitz 2000 on N64 consistently yeah. since it came out. Yeah, since 2000, basically. Yeah. That's really the only game I'll play. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just figured you guys probably got the, the landline going or whatever, you know, the teaming up over the internet playing. No, nah, it's not. It's not as much our thing. I think as a friend group, unfortunately. But we do like some video games, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just like to get one up over on each other. So, Blitz is a nice way to do that because it's there's skill involved, but there's also a random aspect yeah. of the game. We refer to it as the Blitz Gods, and you know we always play Browns versus Browns. And you can't be any <laughs> other team. It has to be Cleveland Browns versus Cleveland Browns, and no punting, no field goals. You know, onside kick yeah. every time. It's you know. It's it's like prison rules, but it's it's fantastic. Like it. <laughs> yeah, we used to do weird shit like that with my brothers, like playing video games. So it's fun. Well, maybe that's also one of the reasons why I never got into video games. I got two sisters. I didn't have any brothers. Certainly not an older brother who would have gotten yeah. into video games and sort of been able to play with me. And yeah, Rob doesn't have a brother either, so it's kind of you know. I feel like that's when you're a kid. That's who you're gonna play with most of the times. That that other yeah. sibling. Yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I know my one of my girlfriends used to play Animal Crossing a lot, and I feel like until video games like that started coming out, like I don't know, girls didn't play as much. Maybe I'm wrong. There's probably always like a chick out there who's gonna kick your ass online, but sure. like yeah. um, I don't know. I feel like they're getting more popular now, depending yeah. on the game. I usually just wait for the HBO TV series to come out. So, <laughs> what are you guys watching on TV? And while I'm here, I just gotta say, Daisy Jones is probably the greatest show I've ever seen. But really, have you watched, I haven't it, watched it? No, I know what you're talking about though. But it's about a band, right? Oh yeah. I just watched Severance. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've watched in a long time. Nice. Oh yeah, that was really good. That was quite good. I, I enjoyed that. That yeah. was um, uh, that was one of the again like the world building that goes into that was awesome. Yeah. It's an internally consistent world, but it's fucking bizarre. Um, <laughs> a, again, I'm a big fantasy reader, and so I not something I actually am watching, but I hate watched a couple of episodes of it. Was uh, the Wheel of Time series that Amazon did a little while ago, and I thought that was absolutely horrendous, and I was so yeah. disappointed because I love those books a bunch. Um. I don't know, I've been watching um uh like uh Top Chef, you know, stuff like that. Nice. I basically watch what my wife wants to watch. Um she wants to watch a show, I'll watch it. We watched I watched The Last of Us. I thought that was that was really great. Um yeah. I can't think of a ton of other good stuff I've been watching lately though. I feel like it's all just a bunch of mediocre schlock that I sit through. Damn, that sucks. 
<laughs> no, it's okay. It's, it's, you know, I watch a lot of movies, so I don't, I don't, uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I do watch a lot of movies. Like I will just watch okay. the shit out of a ton of different movies. I, I'm that guy who like will be like, yeah, I've watched Predator four times this year. Like, and I also hey, watched Prey, the movie. recent Predator movie that came out, which was also I don't know if you saw Prey. The, the I want most to. One that came I've been out. hearing good things about it. It was fucking awesome. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I agree. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, before we bring it back to the music, I figure this is, it's not often that I have two people on a Zoom call. And since you guys are, like, such good friends, I haven't broken out, like, the rapid-fire segment of questions in a long time. But I keep mm-hmm. them around for, like, occasions like this. So, all right, I'm game. Maybe before we mention, you know, all the big rock shows you guys are about to play, which I'll obviously... <laughs> um, <laughs> We can see what you guys like agree or disagree on here. And I know you're on the West Coast and that might influence I have I think I have like a West Coast version in my head of these questions for the East Coast. Um, we're, we're East Coasters at heart though, Brett. Don't worry. I guess that's true. Yeah, so you're good either yeah. way. Cause like some of them are like fast food, so it's like we already got oh, covered okay. Arby's. But I don't even know if we discussed whether you still eat Arby's or whatever, so Oh, so um, there's not an Arby's within a 40-minute drive of my house, but I have made the 40-minute drive on several the white, occasions. The White Castle Drive. Well, and we were recording Ghost Beef. We stopped off at Arby's. We went out of the way to eat Arby's before the recording sessions every time. You can yeah. you can taste the beef on the track. You know? Yeah, you can hear the beef. You can hear the yeah. beef, yeah. <laughs> That's good. I, I, I often say you got to know a band, or you get to know a band by their drugs or like their chemicals. But if they're not on drugs or chemicals, then you can get to know them by their fast food. So I, I've written yeah. a song about Taco Bell, for instance, because, you know, okay, why not? Nice. Yeah, sure. Um, but anyway. Sounds uh, like so, we've got a compilation co- album coming up soon here. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, send me, uh, send me your ideas. I'll, I'll fire something back. <laughs> All right. To start the rapid fire, uh, I think I... I don't want to make assumptions, but anyway, this is just the obvious first question. I normally ask beer or weed, but I've added LaCroix as a third option. Oh, I'm beer. I'm weed. Yeah. Nice. I used to be weed. Weed doesn't treat me that well anymore, so I'm beer. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But yeah, I'm at like beer too, for the record. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The go-to, as it were. Uh I guess we did video games, but I, I did Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo. Nintendo sixty four specifically. Nintendo yes. for me, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Nice dogs or cats? Cats. It, well, neither is the real answer for me, but I would. I think I'd take yeah. a dog over a cat. Rob yeah. hates animals. Uh, hates a strong uh, word, but I don't have any animals. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what Tom means. <laughs> Uh, black coffee or frou frou? I put a little milk in there. I gave up coffee like eight years ago. Okay, uh, I was gonna say yeah, maybe there's was... a decaf option in there too. Now I like if I went back, I would just go full back. But I, I was yeah. getting too jittery. Water keeps me way more even. I, I am anti frou frou coffee. For the record, I have what my European friend calls sock water, just to say filter coffee, drip coffee. And then I just put a splash of milk in the top to kind of balance the acid out a little bit. Nice. Um, I think I know the answer to this one, but iPhone or Android? iPhone. Yeah, I got an iPhone. Word. Basic California bitch, you know. You have to. 
Silicon Valley, man. Yeah. Uh, actually, there's a lot of Android users here who feel pretty passionately about that topic. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, pancakes or waffles? Waffles, billion percent. I guess I'll go pancakes, but I don't particularly love either of them. Ocean or mountains? Mountains. Yeah, on the mountains. All right. Nice. He's married uh, to a woman from Hawaii, by the way. I am married oh. to a woman from Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who Which I took, island? Uh, she's from Oahu. Um, yeah. I took her snowboarding on the first like trip that we took um, away from our, our hometown together. We were first dating, and uh, she broke her shoulder like oh, almost wow. immediately <laughs> had to get three pins put in it and surgery and stuff. So she hates the mountains now and only wants to go to the ocean, but I fucking love the mountains. <laughs> Damn dude. That's a, that sucks. That's a rough one. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Brad Pitt or George Clooney. I'm taking Pitt. But yeah. I'm going Pitt too. Better sense of humor. Yeah. Flight True. club. I, I he's yeah. kind of a better actor. I, they're, they're both. All right. But did you see that uh, recent movie, the lost city? That he was in with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum and Daniel Radcliffe. No, that is it. He's great, and he's got like a small role in it, and he's fucking hilarious. It's awesome. <laughs> nice, Taylor or Gaga? <laughs> I gotta go, Taylor. <laughs> I'll take Ozzy. <laughs> Hell yeah! I would, honestly, the, I take Katy Perry over answer. any of them, though. So. <laughs> oh, okay, that's that's fair. Uh. This one is is definitely tailor made for you guys. Beatles or Zip? Beatles. Beatles. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. For me, it's definitely Zip. But um, TV or sex? (laughs) Sex with (laughs) who? Fair point. (laughs) I did not specify. (laughs) Yeah. Oh come on, that's not a real question, right? Yeah, I'm going with sex on this one. Sex, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Fair That's enough, why so. I watch the TV I watch. Even sex with myself sounds better than TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, shopping in person or uh, online? I think I know the answer they're, to this one. They're yeah. they're both terrible, Brett. But online is slightly better. Yes. yes. Fair enough. Cool. I could keep going, but I feel like that gives people like a random insight on uh, on you guys. So. That's probably good enough. Do we sound East Coast enough for you? Yeah. Not, I didn't really. I guess I was thinking the fast food thing was probably more the geographic element to those questions. But you, since you, you guys are in Arby's, you didn't ask band, about Old Bay or Scrapple or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a good sure. point. But like, what compares to Old Bay? I don't even know. You know what I mean? There's yeah. Tony's, which is like the New Orleans version of Old Bay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's great. It's no old bay, but it's all right. But California doesn't really have a version of that. I know. I feel like there's only one option, really. So it's like, I don't know what else you would do, like mix up some salt and pepper, I guess. I miss those crab chips. They they do not have crab chips out here. It's not a thing. It sucks. They have shrimp chips, but they're like made out of shrimp. No, that's like, (laughs) that's an Asian. That's an Asian thing. That's that's a whole different thing, though. I can ship some to you if you want to Venmo me. <laughs> I've been spending the last uh, couple of summers. I go to the East Coast for yeah. a couple of months. Um, 
basically it's cheaper to fly back to the East Coast and rent a house for three months and have my mom watch the kids over the summer than it is to put up at summer camps in San Francisco. And so we've been mm. doing that last couple of summers. And uh, nice. it's been great. You get the kind of best of both worlds, get a little time with the family and get an actual summer where it's like hot and you can go to a swimming pool and shit where it's even yeah. like in the middle of summer here, it's like 64 degrees or something like that. Yeah, it's it's awesome weather out there. How many kids you got? I got two, uh, six and an eight year old, and they're oh, cool. awesome. They don't like music yet. I'm trying to get them there. Yeah, I usually all over the house, just try to get them to to want to play. But now, now nah, you got to rebel against the parental figures. Yeah, that's yeah. the punk rock thing to do. That's more music. More punk rock is. I know. It's not playing music at all. It's more punk rock than learning to play punk rock. <laughs> Is that why they all suck at their instruments? <laughs> yeah. If, if your parents do it anyway, then that's more yeah. punk rock, I think, yeah. than actually learning to play a Ramon song or something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, usually uh, I keep these things somewhere, ballpark around an hour, and uh, yeah. usually I uh, want to feature like you know a song or two um whatever you're feeling since you got two bands that probably makes it simple you probably want to feature you know one song uh from each band and if so uh which song and why is there a story or are you just uh i don't know that's just the one you're feeling at the moment i'll tell you what we'll each take one uh tom you want to pick one from ghost beef that you wrote no, I want to pick one from the Crushers that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Trying to fuck with me, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, then we'll do, from the Ghost Beef record, I think you should listen to Lord of the Beeflands. It is the first track on side two. I should mention we printed a gold-colored vinyl, and it's got a cool packaging. We put a bunch of extra little Easter eggs in the packaging and stuff, lore and as well as lyrics and such. But Lord of the Beeflands is the concept is it's the tyrant who rules this entire land with a with a meaty fist and has enslaved you know the animals, the employees, <laughs> effectively the consumers is is making a stump speech and talking about why why his tyrannical reign should should continue for a thousand years. Fair and enough. uh I'm gonna go with off of uh Sick Bay, the uh Beverly Crushers album. A song that Rob probably is not going to think I would pick. It is the away team, and that is a song where Rob and I get to rap, uh, Beastie Boys style. And the reason I pick it is because it's actually hilariously not terrible, um, which yeah. you would think looking at us, you can see us on the Zoom call that we that we can't rap, but actually it turns out pretty good. And uh, I had a hell of a great time writing that. One of the things that um, is. Uh, a quirk of one of the characters data on star trek the next generation is that he never uses contractions he's like an android and so he wasn't he speaks very properly and never uses contractions so i had to write a whole bunch of hip-hop lyrics not using contractions and it was a fucking really fun exercise but it was very <laughs> difficult <laughs> great tune i agree all credit to tom yeah. for the crafting of those uh, lyrics definitely <laughs> Anytime I hear contractions, I just get scared. I think a baby's getting born. So, <laughs> but uh, do you, so do you have like eight kids? Because that was a pretty dad joke there. I gotta say, <laughs> no, I've just delivered a fuck ton of them. <laughs> so, alrighty, like, okay. Well, dad so, proxy going on there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, this has been cool. And uh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. 
become a fan of your show and and uh, add uh, some of your tunes to the, the little podcast podcast playlist thing I got going. And Sweet, uh, thanks so much. Congrats on 100 episodes. I again, I'm like 99% confident this is definitely coming out after that's out. Anyway, I so think it's like be... only two weeks away that we have that episode coming out, right? Yeah, it's coming up pretty fast. So yeah. yes, cool. Right, well, pretty... what's the name of your band? Uh, I call it the Hollow Truths. I believe I texted Rob a link to it. Okay, the Hollow Truths. Cool. Yeah, I was listening uh, today after you texted it. It's kind of kind of in the 90s ish vein, right? How would you describe it? I call it modern 90s. Modern 90s. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, if I, like I said, I'm going to be spending a couple of months on the East Coast. If you're playing, like, in, uh, you know, if you're playing out regularly, I'll try to catch a show. Yeah, man. We are, we're playing every every weekend somewhere. God knows where. That's awesome. So That's awesome. Uh, we may even make it as far as your your uh, town. You never know. I was so. going to say, how far, <laughs> how far afield do you play? Well, we were at South by last week, so we're branching oh, okay. out. A little more but okay. just depends uh what kind of weirdos i meet on the internet here and what kind of friends i make and uh who will have us come play uh, you know a diy rock show and some crack den somewhere <laughs> i would love to say that i have enough swing to get you a show here in san francisco but i can't get myself a show here in san francisco i don't have any swing we're yeah, a little out of practice as, as yeah. it happens yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're, we're working up to it yeah, I did mean to ask if you had an sh- upcoming show that you want to promote for either band, but I guess the answer we to that is no. uh, negative. We don't. We're still, we we keep getting waylaid on our path, but our the drummer from Ghost Beef, unfortunately, unfortunately, I should say, is about to have his first child, so he's kind of out of the game for a little while. So hopefully later this year, we'll start gigging uh, with Ghost Beef proper. But yeah, uh, yeah most, most of what we've done has been a recording project for the last few years, partially because of the pandemic, partially because I lived in Bangkok for a year. I kind of just came back like two months ago. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, so. Definitely left that out of the story. <laughs> hoping to switch that up. Yeah, that's where, I, that's where I played the Black Sabbath show, and it went over great, by the way. So That's awesome. Did you wear a wig? I did not wear a wig, but I did wear eyeliner. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I didn't right. know that. I didn't know that detail there. That's great. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate you guys' time and coming on, yeah. on here. Hopefully, um, you know, I like cross pollinating a little bit with uh, other podcasters because you know we're all yeah. used to yeah. these these Zoom call things or whatever. So absolutely, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's, it's been great. Just chopping it up with you. Well, uh, hopefully I can help out in the uh, the game we're all playing here. And, um, you know, maybe, like you said, if you're ever in Delaware or whatever, um, definitely text me, and I'm sure I'm playing a show somewhere. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Sounds that's great, great, man. Yeah, this has been, been really fun. I appreciate you having us. Yeah, yeah man. Gonna, thank you. No problem. So yeah, thanks to Tom and Rob for coming on, and thanks to you for listening. The song that you're hearing in the background is Lord of the Beeflands by Ghost Beef. Later.
crushed our enemies I shot the king in the back Golden arches crumble Neath the brim of my hat Text me if you like think of text me or email me if you think.